Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, are you ready for some Wild of Eldraine previews? I've been looking at these cards and I am jonesing to talk about them with you. Of course, I'm ready for the Wilds of Eldraine previews, but I'm, I don't even, I feel a little shook. I feel nervous now that I didn't get any sort of title. Ethan, the blank, Ethan, the ginger brute sacks, like nothing, you got nothing for me. It's Sunday night. It's late. That oh band was hot. Oh, oh my god! Not feeling my most creative at the moment. I, ha- I have you trumped, sir. I am coming off of a uh, of a flight. Flew from Colorado back home today. Uh, Jonah having one of the worst sleep regressions ever. Um, had some time with the in laws. That was a little high stress. And I have to say, <laughs> at the end of all that, you know, came whatever. Got through the the flight. Got home. Went to the grocery store. Came home. Made dinner. Unpacked. All that stuff. I gotta say, the podcast is the light at the end of the tunnel. I was not like, oh man, I can't believe I have to podcast after this. I was like, well, at least once all this is done, I get to talk about magic with Ben. Very excited about that. And I ruined your day by not giving you a a title. I'm so sorry. And now the episode is over. (laughs) Now it's done. Um, I'm very excited to talk about Wiles of Eldraine. And I would also like to know your thoughts. I know you were, oh, I don't know, Eldraine, maybe in in my top 27 sets of all time. I don't know. You had a week with it. What do you think? Where where, where are you at? What, What can I get from you? It's not there for me. I'm sorry. It has its moments. I think one of the things I appreciate about it a lot is I feel like it gets better the deeper your knowledge of the format. Mm -hmm. Like, so that discovery process was awesome along the way, but it does feel done to me and they're like a lot of weak packs the first draft of yeah. it was like, oh this pack's terrible oh this pack's terrible oh this must just be a weird draft and then i had like five drafts like that and you really are a little at the mercy of getting past a build around rare sometimes i think to really compete on power level and blue is a bit more oppressive than i remember oh, yeah, I- all right now we're done now i can't i can't <laughs> i cannot co-sign the mill drain conversation it's, I, it's not mill drain it's just blue like counter spells are broken like didn't say please even if you're not milling out just three mana instant speed counter spell is tough in this format yeah cancel overpowered magic card you heard it here first <laughs> listen i'm i i'm not here to say that you should not have eldraine as your top set it is just in my top 10 probably it's it's a good format for me yeah it's not it's not one of my favorites of all time I mean, I will confess that I did not play it the full week. I I, I sort of like I, f- I feel like I got my uh, got my high early with the seven two fires of invention deck playing Oof. like that deck was specie spice. And I had been I was like, what are my last two playables? And then was like these two off color cards. I was like, I can't cast those. And he was like fires, baby. And it's true. three Arcanist Owls, basically mono blue. Three Arcanist Owls to go find Fires of Invention and then just pop off. And the deck was everything I wanted it to be. And then I never really got to to chase that dragon down again in the past week. I did mess around with some Vintage Cube on Magic Online. I don't know about you. This is the first time I played Vintage Cube 
in a while. And I felt out of my depths <laughs> in I, the first draft that I did. I experienced that same thing. The cubes a little bit different uh -huh. and the decks are a little bit different. And I was playing like garbage, like just, <laughs> just not paying attention at all. It was tough. Uh, I'm on my second draft. I have like 75% of a lands deck that is not really functional at all. So we're going to be on to draft three shortly here in the Vintage Cube. But nice. I watched LSV videos and I listened to the LR where they were talking about white. And I was like, oh, yes, Vintage Cube. This is awesome. I'm coming back. I was fired up. and I just totally took a dump on my first two drafts. So we got we got to get the old uh, get the old Vintage Cube skills back up. Yeah, third time's the charm there. And I'm I'm charmed and hyped for Arena Cube to be coming out this week and getting prepped for uh, the Arena Open next weekend. We have a video up on our YouTube channel of me going over the card changes. A huge, we really got scooped last week, by the way. Gotta, gotta shout that <laughs> yes. out. Just like dropped an episode that was completely out of date, like eight months old. And then Watsi was like, here's the actual list. So we did drop a YouTube video. I'm um, talking about the cube changes. There's about 40% of the cards are uh, are being swapped out for some new updates, which is really exciting. Um, so I went over those on our channel, and we will of course have that update for you once we have you know three or four days of playing with the cube under our belt. This week we'll drop an episode on the YouTube channel, um, so you want to make sure you check that out to get you prepped for the weekend. But for now, we're not talking about that stuff. We're not talking about cube. We're not talking about OG Eldrain. It's Wilds of Eldrain preview season time. Ben, you hyped? I am hyped. All right, let's get to it. We got some housekeeping stuff, and then we're going to get into mechanics and specific cards. First things first is the Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where folks can go to give back to the show if they so choose. I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. This is the time to get in on the Patreon because you get access to the Lords of Limited Discord, baby. And that's the place to be for new sets, for high stakes, high competitive stakes, magic events on Arena, like the Arena Open coming up next week, for people breaking the cube. We already have people making predictions about their, you know, whatever they're the top five cube cards, looking at data. I know I'm going to use the D word a couple of times this episode, um, looking at data from the arena open, which was cube eight months ago, nine months ago, whatever, um, in December and trying to figure out what was good in that cube. And when, you know, like I said, 40% of the cards coming in and out, I don't know how much that data is going to hold water, but we have people trying to break it open. That's the community you want to be a part of a lot of other great stuff as you move up the reward tier rankings of the Patreon page, including access to the episodes a day in advance, access to the show notes, and even access to monthly coaching sessions with me or Ben. So if any or all of that sounds of interest to you, you can head on over there. And we want to shout out our new patrons the first week that they joined. So this week we're welcoming Control-Alt-Delete, Winston, Patrick, Avid, The Data, March, Zachary, Colin, Matthew, Joe, Brian, Chris, and Steven. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. I appreciate everyone's support, but the data it feels like <laughs> you're trying to get on my good side and they're trying a little too hard. I, I don't really like it. You think they're trying to get on your good side? Maybe not. Maybe they just want me to rage. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they're getting what they want. I think I think it's well worth a dollar an episode to needle Ben. That's what I think. <laughs> Show is also brought to you by Cool Stuff Inc., coolstuffinc.com, where they got cool stuff in stock. You know what time it is, Ethan. Trying to pre-order a box of Wilds of Eldrain to put in your closet, baby. You got to clear that space out, <laughs> make room, do a little dusting up there. We have Wilds of Eldrain booster boxes available for pre-order, so you can know in just a few short weeks' time, you are going to have a brand new booster box to store in your closet for up to months before you open those packs and draft. Why stop at months? <laughs> Years, Years, even. Just Who knows? Basically an investment. Who needs the yeah. stock market? Wilds of Eldraine booster boxes. Get them in there. Stonks are going to be going higher and higher over the years. Up, up, up. <laughs> 
And whatever you're getting, whether it's Wilds of Eldraine pre-orders or board games or whatnot, please be sure to use checkout code LOL, all caps, to get 5% off anything in the store when you order. All right, baby. You, because I was out of town, you did all of these show notes, gathered up all of these sweet preview cards. Talk to me about the mechanics that we're going to be seeing here in the upcoming set. Yeah, first up, we have the Enchanting Tail slot. And this is not necessarily a mechanic, but it's important to know that every pack is going to have a slot dedicated for this Enchanting Tails card. It's either going to be an uncommon, a rare, or a mythic. We've seen this type of thing before in previous sets. But there are 63 fan favorite enchantments of those various rarities that are going to be inserted into this one dedicated slot per pack. So you have one of these in every pack that you open. You'll have a chance to have two rares per pack. You know, your normal rare plus a rare or a mythic of the Enchanting Tail slot might also be an uncommon as well. But be on the lookout for these. This format has a lot of stuff going on with enchantments, and there are some sweet build-arounds that actually I think have gotten a lot better um, from these enchanting tales in the format. Yeah, so I was thinking back, like, this is the fourth time we've had this, whatever, extra slot, mystical archive, enchanting tales, whatever you want to call them. Bonus sheet is the, the preferred term, right? Bonus sheet, thank you. This is the fourth time we've had the bonus sheet. So working backwards, we had uh, them in March of the Machine, right? We had the, the Legends, and then we had the Artifacts in Brothers War, and then all the way back to Strixhaven. We had the Mystical Archive, the Spells. And I'm a, a huge fan of all of those. I mean, I think Strixhaven was the one that fell the flattest for me, but mostly just because that set was like a guild set and, and fell kind of flat for me. But I, I'm a huge bonus sheet fan. I, and I, I do not agree with the takes that I've seen of let's get a bonus sheet in every set. But I do think it feels special when we get one. Yeah, some sprinkles on the ice cream every once in a while. Next up, we got roll tokens. Do you know how excited I am about auras? mattering about enchantments <laughs> mattering ben you know i'm a big enchantress guy you are a big enchantress guy and finally you're gonna do it without paying the cost of putting terrible <laughs> cards in your deck well come on now you know you know what i'm capable of so <laughs> these roll tokens are six different aura tokens with enchant creatures so we'll run through the six and then we'll talk about how they work so first up we've got cursed which says enchanted creature has base power and toughness one one. Yeah, and I think the names largely imply what they do as well. Mm -hmm. So next up, we've got Monster. Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one, and you would expect monsters to have Trample. Next up is Royal. Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one, and has Ward one. Then we've got Sorcerer. Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one, and has, whenever this creature attacks, Scry one. And then we've got Wicked. Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one, and has, when this aura is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. And then the most awkward, we have Young Hero, which is whenever Enchanted Creature attacks, if its toughness is three or less, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Okay, so anytime a creature has more than one role controlled by the same player attached to it, the creature keeps the newest role and all the others controlled by that player are put into the graveyard. And the reason we're being specific about that is because you could have, like, my creature could have a cursed token from Ben on it, and then I could put some buff on it, like the monster token, and then it would be a 1-1 one, one with plus and plus one and trample. But if Ben wanted to put another roll token on it, or if I did, that would knock off the previous one owned by that player. Boom. Next up, we've got Bargain, which is a new ability that allows you to sacrifice an artifact, an enchantment, or a token as an additional cost when you're casting the spell 
to get a benefit. So we've got an example here in Troublemaker Oof, which is one in a green for a 2-2, and it has bargain. And when it enters the battlefield, if it was bargained, exile, target artifact, or enchantment, and opponent controls. We've also got a little cheap burn spell called Torch the Tower. Single red for an instant, deals two to target creature or planeswalker. Or if it was bargained, instead it deals three to that permanent, and you scry one. And if a permanent dealt damage by Torch would die this turn, you exile it instead. Next new mechanic is Celebration. This is an ability word that highlights abilities that care if two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control during the turn. And this is particularly interesting, right? Like when I first saw this, I was like, oh, is this like Alliance, right? From uh, Streets of New Capenna, which cared about like creatures entering the battlefield. But it's just non-land permanents. And there are a bucket of tokens in this format. You know, food is back. We'll talk about rat tokens coming in, etc. Um, so I think this mechanic is really going to have legs. For example, we've got a card here, Ash Party Crasher. It's red, white for a 2-2. Legendary creature with haste. And as celebration, whenever Ash Party Crasher attacks, if two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control this turn, you put a plus plus one counter on Ash. And lastly, Ben, Adventure's back, baby. <laughs> Returning mechanic that allows you to choose whether you are casting the adventure half of a card or the permanent half of a card. If you choose to cast the adventure first, you put the card into exile, and then you can cast the permanent half of the card from exile at your leisure. So for example, we've got Besotted Knight here, and the adventure is Betroth the Beast. So Betroth the Beast is a one-mana sorcery adventure. Create a royal roll token attached to target creature you control, and then Besotted Knight is a three and a white, three, three human knight. So you can choose to cast Besotted Knight first, in which case you just ignore the betrothed the beast adventure portion of the card. But if you cast the adventure first, you know, you get your royal roll token, and then you also at a later date can cast besotted knight. But worth noting, if you go to attach this royal roll to a creature, like your adventures can get fizzled, right? So if mm -hmm. they're all instants and sorceries, and if the if their target goes away, the whole spell fizzles. So you you won't be able to cast Posada Knight later if that happens. Right. So if you go to put a royal roll token on your creature, I kill it out from under you. Besotted Knight just goes to the graveyard like any sort of spell getting fizzled would. Yes. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with a bunch of cards to talk about. With the busy fall season just around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. My wife was actually just telling me about a text thread between her and her high school girlfriends, and all of them were talking about how much they wished they meal prepped more, but just didn't have the time or the motivation. Luckily, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved meals delivered straight to your door. Refresh your healthy eating habits without missing a beat. Choose from over 34 flavor-packed meals weekly that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Whether you've just fallen off the meal prep wagon or are looking to get on for the first time, Factor can be a huge help by giving you inspiration or the time you need to get ahead for the next week or just fully embrace its convenience to save time for other things you have to do. Head to factormeals.com slash LOL50 and use code LOL50 to get 50% off. That's code LOL50 at factormeals.com slash LOL50 to get 50% off. All right, Ben, so they did preview season a little differently here. I feel like usually we get drips and drabs, little trickles, lots of rares and mythics spoiled first. This time we just had boom, baby, all 10 
signpost uncommons in one sheet on like day one, I think. Yeah, it was very weird. I saw it popped in the Discord and I was like, whoa, this yeah. is awesome. Makes our job much easier. Right. So we don't have to like, usually what happens again, we get scooped a little bit, right? Our, our, we record on Sunday. We're like, well, based on our, our guesses, we think blue black might be this. And then the card is previewed Monday morning. And it's like, oh, okay, that's what it is. Great. So we don't have to do that. We have all the information for us here. So uh, kick things off for us with red green. Yeah. And all of these archetypes, cool thing is going to be based on a fairy tale. So it should feel a little flavorful as you're drafting these draft archetypes. Red green is four plus power creatures. We've seen that before. And the card here is a ruby daring tracker, a little red riding hood. This is red green for a one two human scout. It's got haste. And whenever Ruby Daring Tracker attacks while you control a creature with power four or greater, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. And it also is going to help you get out those creatures power four or greater by tapping to add a red or a green. Okay, I have a question for you. And I know that this is you're the wrong person to ask this to. But the wording here of whenever Ruby Daring Tracker attacks while you control a creature with power four or greater, does that mean that you it does usually when it's like if you control a creature with power four or greater, that's the thing that like checks when it triggers and checks on resolution. Does this only check on the trigger? Like it attacks while you control a creature with power four or greater, it's getting plus two plus two. They can't like trigger goes on the stack, kill your four power thing, and now you're attacking with a one two. That checks out. Okay. I like what you're putting down. Yeah. All right. So you're you're just a yes man here. All right. Uh <laughs> I'm always, I just never, I'm never a fan of the four power stuff from red green. Has that ever felt like it, it was special or like that, that it was a thing worth going after? No, but it is helpful, right? That Ruby's a mana dork and a beater, right? I mean, if it's going yeah, to be that's good, fair. giving it a card that helps accelerate out the four power things and then turns into a large aggressive monster. I mean, this is a way to make it good, I think. Yeah, I'm into that. Next up, we have white black, which is bargain and sacrifice. That's my bread and butter baby. This is based on snow white. So our signpost here is never stalked by nightmares Two white black for a two, two with menace. So four mana for a two, two menace. Eh. When it enters the battlefield, you return target creature or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. Hello. And then whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus plus one counter on Neva, then scry one. All right, I'm in. Yeah, this card does a lot. I mean, it's a grave digger. It's a grave plus digger. all of the auras are enchantments, and you're going to be able to sacrifice those to bargain, to grow Neva. I mean, all of the um, roll tokens are auras, right? That's yes. What, yes, yes, exactly. And then you're going to be able to bargain those tokens away to grow Neva because they're going to hit the graveyard, even though they're tokens before they fizzle off into the ether, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a little understated on the front, maybe? No, a it's smidge? a grave digger. Yeah, it's a grave digger. Grave digger is not as good in 2023, though, right? I'm not I'm not ready to make that claim yet. I, I'm I can't. ready to make that claim. All but right. I do well, think that, that's that quite probably good. right. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got green blue, which is another classic ramp to mana value five plus that usually doesn't pan out. But again, cautiously optimistic here. We've got Troyan Gutsy Explorer, which is based on Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay, okay. This is one blue-green for a 1-3 that taps to add blue and green. Spend this mana only to cast spells with mana value 5 or greater or spells with X in their mana costs. And you can pay blue, tap, draw a card, discard a card. Uh, Maybe it was too busted. Like, what makes sense in my head is if this was two mana. Because then on turn three, you could cast a five drop. That would be broken in half, right? 
Yeah, but pretty sweet, right? <laughs> it would be pretty sweet. It'd be pretty I mean, sweet. Still getting there on turn five, even if you miss yeah. a land drop, or the, the following turn after casting this, even if you miss a land drop, which is also pretty nice. I mean, both of these cards seem pushed, Ruby and Troyon. I mean, if the if the big dumb stuff is going to work, it's going to be on the backs of these cards, I think. Well, and it again solves the issue of what do you do with your mana dork on turn six, right? Well, now your mana dork is a looter. Yeah, I, I like both these cards. I, I am, again, not as jazzed about these archetypes based on past experiences and also looking at how broken some of the other archetypes seem to be. Correct. Well, speaking of, I think we may be getting a good food uh, food archetype here with Golgari. So black green is mid-range food, which again sounds like graveyard stuff to me a little bit, but I, I like this uh, signpost here. This is based on uh, Hansel and Gretel. We've got Greta, Sweet Tooth Scourge. It's one black green for a 3-3. When it enters the battlefield, you make a food token. And you can pay green, sack food to put a plus one plus one counter on target creature, activate only as a sorcery. Or you can pay one and a black to sacrifice a food. You draw a card and you lose one life. Hello. Yeah, card does a lot. I mean, a lot of rectangles, a lot of abilities. The card's just rawly efficient. Yes, I agree. Next up, we've got white blue, which this archetype looks broken in half to me. So this is tapping enemy creatures. Ben and Azorius, name a more iconic <laughs> duo. I'll wait. <laughs> We've got Sheree of Numbing Depths, which is based on the Snow Queen. Uh, this is two white blue for a 2-3 Merfolk Wizard. Whenever it enters the battlefield, you tap target creature and opponent controls and put a stun counter on it. That magic card is already excellent. Mm -hmm. Whenever you tap one or more untapped creatures your opponents control, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. I have a feeling this archetype is going to be oppressive. I do think the tweaking of, and I believe this is the case throughout, the tweaking of that it's you only get the bonuses when you're tapping an untapped thing is really cool. That like if there's a threat that is pressuring you, you like you, sure you can keep it tapped, you can tap it or whatever, but you won't get the bonus here from Sheree, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I think ideally this looks like it wants to be aggressive to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, that, that, that's totally reasonable. But I'm just saying like you may, you know, just recognizing that that wording is there and that that caveat is there. For sure. Next up, we've got blue black. Uh, this is fairy type slash control. This is based on Sleeping Beauty. Signpost here is Obira Dreaming Duelist. Blue black for a 2-2 legendary creature with flash and flying. And whenever another fairy enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life. Pretty simple there. Yeah, the card is just very efficient. Mm -hmm. Next up, we've got Red White, which is aggressive and playing two permanents based on the celebration mechanic. Mm. This is Cinderella's story, and we've got Ash Party Crasher. We saw this when we looked at the celebration mechanic. This is the Red White 2-2 with haste, and whatever attacks, if you had celebration happening, you get a plus one, plus one counter on Ash. All right, here we go. Selesnia, creature enchantment. This is Beauty and the Beast. I guess. So here we have Sir Armont the Redeemer, three green white for a 4-4. Four, four. When Sir Armont the Redeemer enters the battlefield, you create a monster roll token attached to another target creature you control. So that's the plus one plus one and trample. And enchanted creatures you control get plus one plus one. So that's just as long as Sir Armont is on the battlefield, that's giving plus two plus two and trample to something. Plus this is a five mana four four. Yeah, I mean, this card's going to enable attacks. The turn it comes yeah. down. Like, I would imagine you're going to want to be fairly aggressive as green white and then slam this and then swing out with a, an embiggened team. <laughs> exactly. Next up, we've got blue red, which is instance sorceries and adventures because all those adventures have instance and sorceries stapled to them. This is based on the sorcerer's apprentice. And here we've got Johan 
Apprentice Sorcerer. Two blue-red for a 2-5. You can look at the top card of your library anytime. Once each turn, you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from the top of your library. I'm into that. I'm really happy that this is a 2-5 and not a 2-4. Yes. It still feels a little slow and clunky to me. I agree. Yeah, because often what's interesting about this is that this points to value and often when we have blue red spells matter which is just seems to be what we're doing these days which is totally fine those decks play out pretty tempo assertively right and this points to no i'm gonna just get a ton of card advantage because i can play spells off the top you know yeah we'll have to see and lastly, we've got Black Red, which is based on the Pied Piper. This is where we have Rat Tokens Aggro. So excited for this. We've got Totentons Swarm Piper. One Black Red for a 2-3. When Totentons Swarm Piper or another non-token creature you control dies, create a 1-1 Black Rat Creature Token with. This creature can't block. And you can pay one on a Black to have target attacking Rat you control. Gain Death Touch until end of turn. Ben, I've got one word for you. Wreck. Tangles. Yeah, but for this set, it's rat tangles. Ooh, I like okay. it. All right. I mean, this is just this is just everything I want to do. Just yeah, this little guy. This archetype looks yeah. crazy good. Crazy good. You it's already have. Well sounds supported. like you've already got like you're into white blue. You're into black red. Anything else that looks like pushed to you based off these spoilers? I want. I want these takes. It's hard to say based off the spoilers. We haven't seen many bargain cards previewed yet for white black, mm-hmm. so hard to know there. Down on red, green, and blue, green based on past experience, but maybe those uncommons are enough to pull them over the top. Black, green food looks solid, but it just depends on how easy it's going to be to make food tokens. We haven't seen a ton of previews yet there, so I guess TBD. Love the white, blue uncommon. Love the black, red uncommon. Red, white, I'm sure is going to be good. Not my cup of tea necessarily. And I mm-hmm. think blue, black, we haven't seen a lot for, but I do have high hopes for blue, black fairy control as well. And possibly, you know, often I feel like those very linear archetypes are often uh, drafted pretty highly in the early weeks because they're pretty clear, right? If it's, hey, it's fairies. Well, great. Then I just snap up like removal and card draw and fairies and and probably win. So something to keep an eye on there for sure. I've got removal coming up next. Let's see what's going on with removal. First up, we've got Cut In, which is three and a red for a sorcery, deals four damage to target creature, and you create a young hero roll token attached up to one target creature you control. This looks excellent. A classically costed removal spell that's also going to have synergy with spells and also going to have synergy with enchantments. I expect this to be very good. Despite Ben saying they all explain what they do, I'm just going to make sure that we remind folks what these roll tokens do for maybe this episode, next episode. So this young roll, that's the if its toughness is three or less when it attacks, you put a plus almost one counter on it. Interesting how the young hero roll token interacts specifically with the cursed roll token, right? Your opponent makes your thing a 1-1. Then you can say, okay, you want to make it a 1-1. Now I can go counter, counter. And then if you have a way to knock off the cursed token at some point, then you have a, a really large creature potentially. Yeah, and also worth noting too, I think for card evaluation purposes, which role it is doesn't matter that much. The more important thing is that you are getting an enchantment that gives plus one plus one in some senses. Well, I actually, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to push back on that just a little bit. So we've got four of them that do just straight up give plus one plus one. Then there's the young hero, which has the caveat, and then there's cursed, right? So I think those four can largely be created equal to some extent. And then I think cursed certainly different as the only, you know, pseudo removal, Kazmina's transmutation, whatever, frogify, however you want to classify the one one base power toughness. And then the young hero, which, you know, could could be excellent, could be awkward. 
I, young hero seems awkward to me. I think I would initially have it lower than the four that just gives straight up plus one plus one. That makes sense to me. Next, we've got flick a coin. X1s beware. Two in a red for an instant. Flick a coin deals one damage to any target. You create a treasure token and you draw a card. Woo. Card does a lot. It's a little pricey at three mana, but I'm sure I'm going to be playing some flick a coin. But it's only two mana, right? Oh, because you get the treasure back. You get the treasure. Yeah. Mm, I yeah. mean, I don't know. This this card seems pretty wrecked to me. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with this. I like it. Yeah. Next up, we've got a reprint, glass casket, one and a white for an artifact. ETBs, exile target creature and opponent controls with mana value three or less until glass casket leaves the battlefield. Yeah. The card was a, a solid removal spell in OGL drain, and I assume will be one here as well. Uh, Stroke of Midnight. I love, I don't usually shout this out. Do love the flavor of this. And it's a pretty dang good removal spell too. Two and a white for an instant. Destroy, target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a 1-1 one, one white human creature token. Good-ish. I mean, it's it's the same. It's whatever. It's Raven form. It's it's sort of it's a frogify kind of right. Like it is turning a thing into a one one, which is always it's always like better for your opponent than you think. I do think instant speed destroy target non land permanent probably makes up for that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because classically, this effect has not been good. But I think this is versatile enough that it probably is correct. Yeah. Next up, we've got bitter chill like this card. One in a blue for an enchantment aura enchant creature. When ETBs tap enchanted creature. So going to slot right into that blue white deck. This is an uncommon as well. Uh, Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. And when bitter chill is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay one. If you do scry one, then draw a card. This is going to be some early removal for you, probably synergistic. And then late in the game, when you don't need this anymore, you bargain it away, pay one, scry one, draw a card. Like this just looks excellent to me. I can't believe this only costs two. Like tap a thing, keep it tapped for two mana is it's a pretty aggressive rate. I wonder if this is like R&D being like, all right, how much do we need to push these or to, to play them. <laughs> Usually these are four mana and they're commons when they're four mana. But like I have not seen this when it's like oops all upside um, for just two mana. So that's yeah. something to keep an eye on. Next up is fairy fencing. This is X and a black for an instant at uncommon. It says target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. It gets an additional minus three minus three if you control the fairy as you cast this spell. So could if you have a fairy, it's just single black minus three minus three at instant speed. Yeah, card's excellent. Next up, we've got Taken by Nightmares. Two black black for an instant. Exile target creature. If you control an enchantment, scry two. Classic instant speed removal spell. Going to be good. And Exile is going to be like, Exile is always more relevant than we think it is. So I just want to shout that out here. Next is Stone Splitter Bolt. X in a red for an instant with Bargain. Deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker. If this spell was bargained, it deals twice X damage to that permanent instead. Interesting. Less jazzed about this. I mean, it's going to be good. You're going to pick it and put it in your decks. Okay, fine. I will. (laughs) Next, we've got a rat out. This is kind of combat trick, kind of removal. This is black for an instant. Up to one target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Then create a one, one black rat creature token with this creature can't block. Yeah, interesting. So like sort of the skullduggery variant. Sometimes we see like fungal infection, I think, from Dominaria, which is like single black. I think got minus one, minus one, and you got a sapperling, um, which was a one, one. But that could block. But I think these tricks are, are generally pretty darn good. And another nod, and this is only two, but two at common. 
another nod to look out one toughness creatures. And I'm not saying, and I think rats are another thing as we'll talk about, but you've sort of seen this a little bit that there are these one, one rat tokens that can't block. And not to say that that means that, you know, you can't have X ones that want to attack obviously because the rats can't block, but you don't want to have any X ones that you don't want to be able to block. Right. Because if you're looking at your, your two mana two one or your two mana three one, and you're like, am I supposed to trade with this rat token? That's going to, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, rat tokens look excellent. I'm very excited <laughs> about the old rat tangles. That's a lot of thank you for using that. That's copyrighted, by the way, trademark Lords Limited. Um, thank that's a lot of removal previewed already. I mean, I guess it's just a lot of cards previewed already for us. Just a lot of cards previewed already. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take one more quick break and then we'll be back to talk about roll tokens in depth. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right, Ethan, it's time to talk about your relationship to the comments. Oof. It's not great, buddy. Creating content and getting feedback on it from anywhere and from anyone is tough for me to navigate. They're mostly positive or constructive, but it is so hard to not focus on the negative ones. And even harder for you to not want to engage in an even more negative way. Is that fair? Wow, just really putting everything out there, huh? Yeah, that's fair. But luckily, I have a supportive partner in my work and a supportive partner at home to bring me back to solid ground when I'm thinking about letting the worst part of me come out. It's important to stay connected and grounded while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and positivity. Therapy is a great tool for achieving this goal. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lords today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Lords. And now, back to the show. Next up, we're going to take a look at some cards of various types that create roll tokens. So you can get kind of a sense of that. First, we have Not Dead After All. This is black <laughs> for an instant. Until end of turn, target creature you control gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Then create a wicked roll token attached to it. Going to slot right into Rakdos Evoke. Rakdos Evoke. That's <laughs> I did right. That, did that just to tilt you. <laughs> not known by any other name in the community for sure. Uh, next up is Conceited Witch. Is this part of a cycle? Question mark. So this is two and a black for a two, three with Menace. Fine. But it's an adventure. It's got an adventure, which is Price of Beauty. Single black sorcery. Create a wicked roll token attached to target creature you control. Yeah, I, I assume this is going to be a cycle of things that can create rolls for a single mana. Yeah. So like, so where does this fall for you? Because, you know, we've got a pretty medium vanilla. I would say this is like pure vanilla test, like three mana, two, three menace is just fine. Like that's like pure filler, I would Passes, say. Like C minus. Yeah. yeah, D plus. C, C minus D plus. But then you tack on this this wicked roll token. That's the plus one plus one. And when it leaves the battlefield, uh, it deals the damage to your opponent. Like that's pretty dang good. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I would say C plus this is going to be a high synergy card in decks yeah. that care about the rolls. Yeah, I agree. Next, we've got Living Lectern. This is one on a blue for an 04. You can pay one, sacrifice it to draw a card. Then you create a sorcerer roll token attached up to one other target creature you control. 
activate only as a sorcery. So those sorcerer rolls are plus one, plus one, and when it attacks, you scry one. If this were on our great or garbage segment, where would you put this? I almost put it there, but I decided it was garbage. Okay, yeah, that's and not particularly interesting. <laughs> not interesting to talk about. Sounds good to me. Uh, next, we've got return triumphant. One and a white for a sorcery. It says real recommission vibes. Return target creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Create a young hero roll token attached to it. This is going to be good, right? Like, especially if you're targeting a three drop and it's going to have plus one, plus one for Not two mana. Not necessarily. Oh, right. It's if the it's stupid young. Three. It's the stupid young hero role. Yeah. Mm, maybe not. All right. I'm less jazzed I think, about so this. Here's, I just think you got to, you got to recalibrate. You got to work hard. Young hero. You just got to work hard. Just dump. You get, I mean, you can't do it with this, but get some young hero role tokens on some rats. Baby, you got a stew going. Yeah, but rats are going to be black red. They're not going to be living this white life. We're not going to have a holy rats. I don't know. The black white's going to have some rats. I suppose. Yeah. To yeah. sacrifice, to bargain away. You're going to bargain away your precious rats. You know I am. <laughs> you know I am. Next up, we've got Charmed Clothier. Is that how you say that? Clothier? I think it's... Clothier? <laughs> There it is. There it is. You want it. I know you want it to be French so bad. <laughs> my, my, I think it's clothier. Okay. <laughs> Clothier? <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> this is charmed clothier. Four and a white for a 3-3 flyer, and whenever it enters the battlefield, create a royal roll token attached to another target creature you control, which gives it plus one, plus one, and ward one. Man, this is. these are... I guess that's, I mean, that's just good, right? Is it? It costs five mana. So I'm trying to compare it to, there's the five mana three, four flyer in bro that was a soldier and it put a counter on a soldier. But this just puts a counter on anything. Plus the ward one. I mean, ward one is this late in the game, probably not that relevant, but like not nothing. Don't love this card. All right. Doesn't love it. Ooh, next up we've got cursed. Oh, uh, Ben, what is this? Is this courtier? <laughs> courtier? <laughs> Cursed Courtier, this is two and a white for a 3-3 three, three with lifelink. Wow, three mana, three, three lifelink. But when it enters the battlefield, you create a cursed roll token attached to it. Okay, so that means it's just a 1-1. One, one. So you're making a three mana, 1-1 one, one lifelink. But the next time you put a roll token on it, it knocks off the cursed roll token. And then it will just be, I mean, in theory, like a 4-4 four, four lifelink. Right, well, uh, to me, this is a black-white bargain card, right? You play it, you bargain away the cursed roll. Sure, this, you, this can, is upside, you can do that right? too. You can do that too. Yeah. That, that's how I was viewing it as upside in a, in a bargain deck. Yeah, okay, sweet. Yeah, I, I'm into this. I think this is going to be good. Next up, we've got Emberith Veteran, which is red for a 2-1, and you can pay one and sacrifice it to create a young hero roll token attached to another target creature. So that's interesting, because oftentimes, like, we think of these, whatever, Savannah Lions variants, one mana, two ones, and limited as like, eh, like, how often is this? And again, we're talking about how one toughness creatures are a, kind of a liability, or, or they're on watch a little bit in this format. But it's interesting that then once it does become that way, you can go, all right, I'm going to drop this somewhere else. And you can do it at instant speed, so you can respond to removal, but it's not like the threat of activation is here, right? Because of the young hero roll token only triggering on attacks. Also full of flavor, right? The veteran sacrificing himself to be be the idol for the young hero that he, he leaves behind. Uh, next up, we have... <laughs> <laughs> monstrous rage single red for an instant target creature gets plus two plus oh until end of turn 
create a monster roll token attached to it. So that's going to be plus three, plus one, and trample for a single red at instant speed. Oh, I got that. Thank God. I just thought this was uncommon. Yeah, this <laughs> card like, is incredible. Wow, that's brutal. Single mana for that? Yeah. Similarly, we've also got Royal Treatment, which is single green for an instant. Target creature you control gains hexproof until end of turn. Create a royal roll token attached to that creature, which is plus one, plus one, and ward one. Another beating combat trick for one mana. Yeah, wow. Push, push, push. All right, can we chat about things caring about enchantments going to the graveyard? Let's do it. So, dutiful griffin. Three white, white for a 4-4 flyer. Okay, five mana, 4-4 flyer. And you can pay two and a white, sacrifice two enchantments, return dutiful griffin from your graveyard to your hand. So, it's not quite bargain, right? But it does let you sack those whatever those roll tokens especially if they're cursed now i can't sack no right i can't, you can't sacrifice sack your opponent's cursed your token, right? cursed token Correct. okay yeah okay i don't love dutiful griffin i think it's a little expensive are you out on five mana four four flyer <sighs> i mean it's fine it's good it's big yeah. that's big what do you give this a, it's a c plus right it might be a b minus Hmm. I'm going C plus for now until proven otherwise. Wow. What is this? What? How have our roles reversed? <laughs> Next, we've got Knight of Doves, two and a white for a one three knight. Whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, create a one one white bird creature token with flying. Sign me up for this one. This is all like this trinkety. I, I know this is just all I ever want to do. The like the black white trinkety auras go into the graveyard for minimal value. <laughs> just spin just, your wheels and work so hard for like, those bird tokens. Please get me a bird. Please make me a rat. Like I just can't wait <laughs> for these cards. Speaking of make me a rat, I, I think we're on the same page here. I saw your tweet today and I was like, yep, I'm in. I was already in when I read this card the other day. Warehouse tabby, single black for a one one cat at common. Whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, Create a 1-1 one, one black rat creature token with this creature can't block. And you can pay one on a black to give the tabby death touch until end of turn. Like, I, is this broken in half? That's what I want to know. Because I think it is, but I'm also worried I'm overrating it. No, this is like, this is, I mean, the, the thing that scares me about it is that it's an X1 currently. Um, an X1 that I care about. But like, I just want oops all tabbies and go to town. Like, this is common, right? That's like, what you're I'm talking about. Like, three of these on the battlefield and then sack an enchantment and get three rats. Yes, that's for, exactly. Like, for one mana invested, like, it's just so hyper efficient if you build around it. Yes, that's that's what I think. Um, I don't know if, you know, the fact that you think that and I think that, again, is that the Lords of Lebanon echo chamber? <laughs> is that us both just like being on the same page about this card being busted? I'm guessing that it's it's definitely more the, the latter than the former, but this is the kind of thing I want to be on the lookout for, right? One of my takeaways from Brothers War was like, what are the common build arounds and this seems like a common build around to me well and also imagine being like red green four powers or blue green casting spells mana value five or greater while your opponent is this rawly efficient this, with a one mana warehouse tabby this just really scares me like i think swamp tabby on the other side of the battlefield turn one is just gonna make me go oh no <laughs> i know that's what <laughs> right? i think too yeah Lastly, we've got Ashiok's Reaper here. Three and a black for a 3-3 three, three Nightmare. Whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, draw a card. So a lot Lord. of cards that are this way that are 3-3s three uh, for four mana that are like have pretty good payoffs. And I'm wondering how the bodies are going to hold up. Wow. I mean, it's, it's tough, like especially if you are activating on that, that burn spell, uh, the single red would torch the tower. If you're getting bargain on that, then you're just paying one mana to kill that. 
it's a huge tempo swing. No. Um, so yeah, definitely have to be on the lookout there. And then an oldie but a goodie, a classic, a classic Enchantress card. We've got Tanglespan Lookout, two and a green for a 2-3 Seder at Uncommon. Whenever an aura enters the battlefield under your control, three beautiful words, draw a card. All right, that takes us on to the few bargain cards that have been previewed so far. First up, we've got Back for Seconds, which is two and a black for an Uncommon Sorcery with Bargain. Return up to two target creature cards near graveyard to your hand. If this spell was bargained, you may put one of those cards with mana value four or less onto the battlefield instead of putting it into your hand. I mean, I have no idea. Like, we don't know, right? We don't know how easy it is going to be to enable bargain, um, right? Because it has to, it can't just be, you have to sack a creature, right? It's got to be something special, um, an artifact, an enchantment, or token, ideally, I think is what you're doing, right? Like, food, there's token, food tokens, there's treasure there's, tokens, there's rolls. Yeah. Right? Those are those are those are I tokens. Think you're as going well. to be able to bargain if you build your deck right. Plus, also this just is busted. If that if you just took three mana, return whatever my two best creatures, and one of them is mana value four or less, just right to the battlefield. You're yeah. you're pot. You're possibly gaining a mana advantage with this card, right? This just seems wild to me. Well, yeah. Also, just in for two and a black rebuy two creatures. I think right. That's always just a good card. Yeah. Next up, we've got Agatha's Champion. This is four and a green for a four, four with bargain and trample. So five mana, four, four trample. When it enters the battlefield, if it was bargained, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Eh? Eh. I think eh, as I feel about that. Like four, four is not a big enough body for me to be really excited about this. For five mana, five, five, sign me up. <laughs> or, or four, five. I need to have a, a five toughness. I need this to be able to kill an X4. Yeah, I'm with you. Next, we've got Johan's Stopgap. This is three and a blue for a sorcery with bargain. Cost two less to cast if it's bargained. Sorcery speed, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, draw a card. Interesting. I like it. I'm assuming going to be bread and butter in the blue-red spells deck. Although with with uh, adventure running around, is this maybe a little worse? Like, are you not going to want to bounce your opponent's adventure creatures? Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. I don't know. I assume this is still just going to be good. But but the question will be more. I'm wondering, like, how many sacrificable things is this blue red deck going to yeah. have? You know, like, yeah. OK, well, we'll be on the lookout for that. Next up is Rowan's Grim Search. Two and a black for an instant with bargain. You draw two cards and you lose two life. If the spell is bargained, you look at the top four cards of your library, then put up to two of them back on top of your library in any order and the rest into your graveyard, then draw two and you lose two life. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. Getting to go four deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For three mana at instant speed. Yeah, I agree. Lastly, we've got some token makers here that are maybe going to help you bargain. Only one actually, but this is a good one. Discerning financier. This is... (laughs) How do you want me to say it? I'm no, being no. bullied, that everyone. Was, that was right. I was just, I was sure you were going to say financier. <laughs> I just was sure. <laughs> this format is primed for me to stream on Twitch. Two and a white for a 2-3. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent controls more lands than you, create a treasure token, and you can pay two and a white to choose another player. That player gains control of target treasure you control, and you draw a card. Is this good? It's got to be, right? Potentially free treasures to bargain away. Two and a white, two, three. Like it passes the vanilla test with flying colors. And then sometimes you're going to be able to pay three mana draw a card. Yeah, I guess it's, it's just all upside. It's all upside. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's chat about a new twist on adventures. So we're probably not going to chat about uh the the regular adventures coming in. We'll, we'll see some of those next week in the crash course. But we've got a twist here, which is that we've got off color adventures. So the adventure being a different uh, mana cost, right? As akin to maybe, uh, I don't know, when we had unearth 
artifact creatures that were colorless but then had a color cost, or when we had um, the off-color kicker in Dominaria United. So here we've got, for example, Shrouded Shepherd, one and a white for a 2-2. When Shrouded Shepherd enters the battlefield, target creature you control gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. That is aggressive if you have a one drop into this. But it's also got an adventure, Cleave the Shadows, which is one and a black for a sorcery. Creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Rip. Watch out, rat army. Rip rats. That's tough. Man, X1s are on watch, my friend. Yeah. This card looks quite good. And most of these are interesting in that, like, they very clearly, I think, for the most part, go in their their color pair. Mm -hmm. But, like, this one's good enough that you would play it in a white-red deck, certainly, and there's Evolving Wild in the format. Like, maybe you're going to splash the kicker off Evolving Wilds in a swamp. Who knows? Right. Right. So we've, we've got some fixing we'll take a look at in a bit. You know, we haven't seen. I'm, I'm really hoping that we see the return of, uh, of the Golden Egg, but I, I don't know if that's in the cards for us, but something like that. But fixing in OG Eldraine was, was pretty good. You know, if you saw this in pack one or pack two and you wanted to splash this, you could probably cobbled together a reasonable way to do so. What I really like about this, and I don't know if the, the rest of these are the, are the case, but what I love is that these are, are good in such different game states, you know, right? Like I'm on the play, I curve out one drop into Shepard. Awesome. I'm on the draw. My opponent goes X1, X1. Cool. I get to drop Cleave the Shadows, right? Like it's very, very good that these are both great, but in very different circumstances. For sure. Next up, we've got Frolicking Familiar. This is two and a blue for a 2-2 flyer. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So kind of prowess-ish there. The adventure is Blow Off Steam, red for an instant, and it deals one damage to any target. This is Bone Crusher Otter. <laughs> more X1 hate as well. Yeah, more X1 hate. Good gracious. I'm into it. Uh, next up, we've got Threadbind Click. Three and a blue for a three-three flyer. A lot of chat about this in the Lords of Limited Discord. Three and a blue for a three-three flyer. So Phantom Monster, hello. And then the adventure is rip the seams. Two and a white for an instant. Destroy target tapped creature. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of conversation that was saying this was going to be overrated, and I was like, "Yep, sign me up. Yep. It's going to be overrated. This guy right here. Yep. <laughs> I really like this card, me. especially. I, I liked it before I knew that white blue was like trying to tap your creatures. Mm. I mean, like." This just looks like it slots right into me. Yeah, I think this card looks excellent. Next, we have Callus Sellsword. This is a one and a black for a 2-2. Two, two. It enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each creature that died under your control this turn. And it's got a sorcery burned together, red for an adventure. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to any other target, then sacrifice it. So it's like a fling, but it's sorcery speed and can be fizzled. Right? Yes. Because the thing deals damage, then you sacrifice it rather than as an additional cost to cast it, sacrifice it. Yeah. But still, I think all, I, I like this together, right? The cheapness, the idea is that you're doing one than the other. Yeah. This um, seems like a reasonable card to me. Yeah, totally fine. Throw in some rats at your opponent, baby. Love to do it. Next is Picnic Ruiner. One on a red for a 2-2 Goblin Rogue. Whenever Picnic Ruiner attacks while you control a creature with power 4 or greater, Picnic Ruiner gains double strike until end of turn. Okay. And it's got an adventure, Stolen Goodies. Three and a green for a sorcery. Distribute three plus and plus one counters among any number of target creatures you control. I usually hate those kinds of effects, but tacked on to a 2-mana two 2-2 two that potentially will be a 2-mana two 2-2 two two double strike when it attacks... And now you're trying to, you're kind of selling me. I mean, I don't think this is, I still don't know if this is in like B range, but 
Probably this is C- a Soriform hybrid, right? Good early, good late. It's not quite as good as Soriform hybrid, but that's not a bad comparison, honestly. I mean, that you could play on two and then always grow into a 6-6. Six, six. This you have to draw late to get the benefit, but I mean, it's a, it's a modal two drop. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Next, we've got Storm Elk. This is three and a green for a 3-4 with Trample. It says whenever you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, put a plus one plus one counter on this Elk. And it's got an adventure, Frantic Search. That can't be the name of it. I mean, yeah, we're looking at this is... <laughs> <laughs> this is a, it's translated. This is not previewed in English. The title that we're looking at on Scryfall is Hey, You Remember That Oko Fella. Is, and then and the adventure is Frant Elk Search. It's not bad. That's not, I hope it is called Frant Elk Search. There's zero chance it's called Frant Elk Search. This is one and a blue for an instant on the adventure, and you draw two cards, discard two cards. This is not great. No, this is not great. I agree. Not great. We'll get some adventure payoffs, only a couple to take a look at. First up is Chancellor of Tales. Boy, howdy. Three and a blue for a 2-3 fairy advisor. So typed matter here. It's a four mana 2-3 flyer. Whenever you cast an adventure spell, you may copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. So this is just Lucky Clover attached but, but to a creature. But way worse, way worse than Lucky Clover though, right? Oh, I think it's way better. Do you really? I, I really do. Agree. It comes. It doesn't come down until turn four and dies to removal. It's so much easier to interact with, and it comes down later in the game. My argument for why it's better is that, and especially coming off the week of playing Eldraine, is that you know, you had to have a minimum number of adventures to feel like you could justify Lucky Clover in your deck, right? And so so for folks who don't know, Lucky Clover is just a two-mana artifact that has this text, right? Whenever you cast an adventure spell, you copy it. And so you had to have like, I mean, either they had to be really good or you had some way to get it away or something if it, if it wasn't good in your opener, or you had to have like six adventures in your deck for Lucky Clover to be good. Chancellor of Tales, you can be like, I got three adventures. I can play this. Sure. Yeah. So I think Clover has a higher ceiling, lower floor. This has higher floor, lower ceiling. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I I would buy that. And then what's the other uh, payoff we've got here? Howling Galefang. This is two GG for a 4-4 Vigilance, and it has haste as long as you own a card in exile that has an adventure. That's pretty dang good. Yeah. Four mana, 4-4 Vigilance sounds real good to me. Four four haste for vigilance yeah. haste yeah, yeah, yeah vigilance haste yeah this card's gonna be a beating yeah that's a really cool card okay sweet all right next up we're moving on to some celebration cards first up we've got grand ball guest one in a red for a two two common and it gets plus one plus one and trample as long as you celebrated this turn okay eh, no I don't like that I mean it's aggressive I mean if it's attacking as a two mana three three trample the turn after you cast it like I just imagine white red decks are going to have a curve that is super low the thing I'm having a hard time wrapping what are the my head tokens around they're making right like, that's the hard time I'm, I'm having a, a hard time wrapping my head around how you're not running out of gas and then you're left with a bunch of celebrate creatures that you can't trigger or how you're not making tokens that your aggressive deck doesn't care about like food or something you know yes Uh, so the jury's out on celebration for me i like i could see it being excellent i'm just having a hard time picturing it with the cards i've seen so far well this is another one another common here same sort of idea i think much worse this is armory mice one on a white for a three one so that those are bad stats, in my opinion, right now, two mana, three, one. And then Celebration, it gets plus O plus two until end of turn. Yeah, similar cards. We've got a very good uncommon here in Belligerent of the Ball. This is two and a red for a three through a Celebration. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control this turn, target creature you control gets plus one plus O and gains menace until end of turn. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. The fact that like you could do this and something else. I wonder if there's going to be repeatable ways like so that you don't have to always rely on it 
being stuff you cast? Like, are you going to be able to, I don't know, make a token that only lasts until end of turn or something like a way to get celebration repeatedly that isn't just casting stuff that makes two permanents, you right? Know? Or just like mana neutral, like make a treasure draw card, something like just ways to do it because belligerent of the ball is excellent. If you can trigger it, the turn it comes down, but you can't do that on turn three unless you have a way to make another permanent without spending mana. Right. Which is fine. Like, and then maybe you, you're able to double spell with it later on and get the ability. Let's move on to some rats. Rats off to you, Ben. First up, we've got Lord Skitter's Butcher. Tuna black for a 2-3 rat peasant. When it enters the battlefield, choose one. You get one of those 1-1 one, one black rat creature tokens that can't block. You could sack another creature, and if you do, you scry two, then draw a card. Or creatures you control gain menace until end of turn. Yeah. Also, the cutest little guy. Rat with the butcher's hat on here, with the chef's hat. This is, it's like, uh, whatever. It's like rat tattoo kind of. Yeah. Have you heard this card's name yet? Oh, no. Am I going to like it or am I going to hate it? I think you're going to love it. Rat a 2-3? Rat a 2-3. Yes, I am going to love that. That's very <laughs> no cr- good. I can't take credit for that. That was Matt Sperling on Twitter, but Rat a two, chef's kiss. That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Card looks very excellent, right? I mean, it reminds me of Callus Blood Mage from Strixhaven, I think was the set. It was a three mana two one. And you had the choice of like making one of those pests um, or you could draw a card and lose a life or you could exile a graveyard. Like and I, largely, I just like these abilities better and the bodies better. Like hello, power creep. Yeah. Next, we've got Twisted Sewer Witch, three black black for a three four. When it enters the battlefield, create a one one black rat creature token with this creature can't block. Then for each rat you control, create a wicked roll token attached to that rat. This card is going to be a finisher for the red black deck. Whoa. Okay. So to remind people, the wicked roll is the plus most one. And then when the aura is put into a graveyard, each opponent loses one life. So it's just sort of like, okay, so now my rats are two twos. And then if you kill these rats, they're dealing damage to you also. Yeah, card's going to end some games. It's like oh, overrun okay. for red black. <laughs> Sick. Uh, next up is Tattered Ratter. One in a red for a 2-2 human peasant. Whenever a rat you control becomes blocked, it gets plus 2 plus 0 oh until end of turn. Yeah, card's ridiculous. What? Yeah, <laughs> the rat deck looks pushed. Yeah. And then we've also got Voracious Vermin. Two and a black for a 2-1. When it enters the battlefield, make a 1-1 one, one black rat creature token. And whenever another creature you control dies, put a plus and plus 1 counter on Voracious Vermin. Just rectangles. Sorry, I'm just I'm sorry, folks. The pause is just me picking my jaw up off the floor. Like, so this isn't as good, right? As like, whatever these the Dunland Crabane, right? This sort of the three mana, two bodies thing, right? Because we're not getting evasion. Voracious Vermin is a two one, not a two two. So we're not getting the full three three of stats. I mean, this is good. It's, it's good. certainly nowhere near those cards. But more than anything, just how supported the rat deck is. Now, granted, we've yeah. also seen more cards previewed for the rat deck. So certainly other archetypes could have this level of support, but it's so easy to picture a rat deck. You know what I'm saying with like white red celebration? Like I can't quite see that yet. Like I see the red black deck completely and it looks very good. What about the food deck? Let's check out some of those cards. We've got tough cookie up first one in a green for a two, two artifact creature food golem. When Tough Cookie enters the battlefield, you make a food token. You can pay two and a green to have target non-creature artifact you control become a 4-4 artifact creature until end of turn. And you can pay two tap to sacrifice Tough Cookie. You gain three life. So treat it like a food. Yeah, much like Black Green's Uncommon, this card is just rawly efficient. Like great mm-hmm. rate all the way across the board, all upside. Yeah. Next, we've got Sweet Tooth Witch. Love this variation on a, mm-hmm. an Eldraine card here. This is two and a black for a 3-2. When ETBs, you make a food token, and then you can pay two sacrifice a food to have target player lose two life. But you can do that as many times as you want. 
in a turn. So this is going to like threaten to dome your opponent out. So it makes me wonder how easy it's going to be to make food. But remember at times in OGL drain, you had four or five food lying around. Like all of a sudden that's like, you know, you lose six life, untap, you lose six more life, like you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. So Ben's referring to Tempting Witch, which was three mana for a one three made of food and you could sack the food, but you had to tap it. But it also had your opponent lose three life instead of two. Um, so I like this variation quite a bit. I agree with you. Uh, lastly here, we've got Sky Beast Tracker. Three and a green for a two four with reach. Whenever you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, create a food token. Yeah, not not great. No, not great. And lastly, we've got a couple pieces of ramp and or fixing here. We already shouted out Evolving Wilds being in the format. Return from the Wilds looks very good to me. This is two and a green for a sorcery, and you choose two. Search your library for basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, tap, then shuffle, which is normally what we get for two and a green. But you also get to choose one of these others, which is either create a food token or a 1-1 white human creature token. Yeah, and I think... think i'm just trying to frame this as like three mana for a one one rampant growth that's excellent and i think i'm just in for that yeah and then yeah. the fact that you get a little bit of flexibility otherwise is all upside next up we've got root rider fawn one under green for a one three satyr scout taps for green mana and you pay one tap to add one mana of any color so two mana one three mana dork like two mana one three for green but then also can filter for any color yeah, this might be enough to push me over the top on this type of card because previously yeah. I've been down on two mana mana dork, but I think mm-hmm. all of this adds up to a card I'm interested in. Well, and especially this just like makes throwing a ton of those, and, and I think they're going to be quite good, at least the ones we've seen so far, the, the off-color adventure cards, you feel so much better about just throwing those in your deck when, you, when you've got just one Root Rider fawn, you know? Like, you're just like, hey, I, I might be able to cheese this out. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, it's it's been an hour and we're finally here. <laughs> it's finally time for everyone's favorite segment. We've got quite a list. This might be one of the longest greater garbage lists we've ever had. I mean, the segment, the people have demanded more. And if you're if you're new to greater garbage, the rules of the game are you have They're quite to simple. They're sort of it's in the text <laughs> of the, the title. Text. Yes, you have to choose. Is it great or is it garbage? No copping out. Yeah. Except we try to cop out all the time. We definitely, I think we each get like probably one cop out. So first up, we've got the princess takes flight. Two and a white for a saga. Exile up to one target creature. That's chapter one. Three mana exile up to one target creature. Chapter two, target creature you control gets plus two, plus two and gains flying until end of turn. Chapter three, return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control. I like this card. I'm going great. I'm going great too. I'm, I'm in for great. So why do you think it's great for people who maybe are thinking we're crazy and that this card is actually garbage? So I'm assuming that you have the same uh, card comparison as I do, which is I'm thinking about Parallax Wave, um, which is an enchantment. From, that's, that's in- <laughs> Let's slow down. Parallax Wave is significantly better than this card. I The comparison I am making is that a creature being gone for two turns is a lot longer than you think. So Parallax Wave is an enchantment. It comes into play with five counters. You lose a counter every upkeep, and you can also remove a counter to exile a creature until all the counters from Parallax Wave are gone. Then those creatures come back. Play pattern for Parallax Wave was often comes into play, remove two things. They're gone for three turns. Three turns, obviously longer than two turns, but like it, it's just a lot longer than you think. You look at Parallax Wave, you're like, eh, this is a temporary effect. Not that good. It's, it just plays out way more powerfully than that. And I think Princess Takes Flight is getting the same kind of bump for me. 
It's also definitely pushing damage. You haven't mentioned right. my you haven't mentioned my favorite part about this. Saga's trigger enchantments going to the graveyard. And there are a lot of cards that pay you Ooh. off for that. I mean, also, I guess like there's there's also the upside of like you can just like take your own ETB creature out from under something, though I think I mean, often with adventures, you don't get a lot of ETBs because the ETB, like the spell effects are attached to the adventures, but like you can blink something. Granted, you'll get it two turns later, but like there's flexibility here. But I just want to say like straight up, getting your opponent's creature gone for two turns is a long time. Yeah. Uh, also, chapter three on the stack, instant speed bargain, baby. Oh chapter my three God. on the stack, instant speed bargain. There's you a lot have, going on with sagas. You thought about the sagas, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Well, and especially the white and the black ones. I assume this is going to be a cycle. We've only seen a few of them. Okay. Next, we've got Gadwick's first duel, one and a blue for a saga. Chapter one, you create a cursed roll token attached up to one target creature, turn it into a one one. Chapter two, you scry two. And chapter three, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell with mana value three or less this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Great or garbage? I say great again. I say, I say great also. This looks like two for one, three for one territory. Well, you're turning then, something into a one one, which is frogify. But then presumably you're copying a removal spell with a third chapter, ideally, or maybe some sort of card advantage spell. You're also mm-hmm. getting a little card selection there. All looks great to me. Yeah, just this isn't actually in your two drop slot. Like you don't actually want to fire this off on turn two. Right. Yeah, you want to hit a hit a real creature with it for sure. All right. Next, we've got Corvald and the Noble Thief. This is another saga, three and a red. Chapters one and two create a treasure token. Chapter three exile the top three cards of target opponent's library. You may play those cards this turn, and assuming those treasures are helping you cast the cards, cast the spells that you want to get, can play the land, a a land of the three, obviously. Ben, great or garbage? I'm going garbage on this one. Not a fan. Me me too. This is really slow. I was trying to think, I was just like, man, if like Oath of the Grey Host was too slow, and obviously again, like different formats, blah, blah, blah. And I loved Oath of the Grey Host, but it was like, just a you just always felt like it could just please could i could you just let me <laughs> maybe untap with the three one ones like i don't i don't know if you can even do that with corvald because you don't aren't like at least at the, the light at the end of oath's tunnel was you knew you were getting those three one ones you don't even know what you're getting you don't here. even know what you're getting with corvald and the noble thief i'm going garbage all right next up we've got a spicy one Ego Drain. This is black for a sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. So Thoughtseize, if you don't control a fairy, exile a card from your hand. Great or garbage? Garbage. This is going to be great in the fairies deck, right? In blue-black? I feel like this will be a card you are happy to play at least one of in blue-black. I guess I just have no idea what, like, is this a, I don't know, 14 fairies? Like, how many fairies... Are you going to have? It's just a lot. I don't know. I just hate these effects in limited usually. Well, but imagine the play pattern of like, like turn two fairy, uh-huh. turn three, another two drop fairy plus ego drain. Like your opponent is going to feel it, right? You've disrupted their curve, presumably with the ego drain. You're like adding to the board. I think this being one mana, take the best card out of their hand. If you're a fairies deck seems quite strong to me. Okay. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go great with the knowing you're only ever playing this in blue black. Yeah, probably a reward for being blue black, right? No, because no one else at the table wants this. I could buy that. Yeah, maybe you just get it super late if you're the only fairies drafter at the table. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Speaking of fairies, we've got fairy dream thief, single black for a one one at uncommon with flying. When it enters the battlefield, surveil one and then you could pay two and a black exile fairy dream thief from your graveyard. 
You draw a card and you lose a life. What is the question here? Why this is this? Great. On- I just didn't know where else to put it. Oh, okay, <laughs> we should have put this on the cards to maybe not discuss. <laughs> this card's great. Okay. Next, we've got Knight of the Sweets Revenge. This is three and a green for an enchantment. When it ETBs, you make a food token. Foods you control have tap to add a green, so they help you pop this off. Its ability is five green green. Sacrifice it. Creatures you control get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of foods you control. Activate only as a sorcery. I'm contractually obligated to say great for this card. Really? No. I don't think it's gonna play out as great, but I want it to be great. I'm going to treat it as such in my first drafts of the format. (laughs) This is garbage. I think this is worse than the 3-2 that can sacrifice a food to do two damage to the opponent. Sure. Those are just very different cards, but sure. Um, I I don't know. I mean, so the, the world where you can double spell with this and that's the thing like i don't know yet like are we getting oh is this fires of invention you're kind of selling me now like does green have whatever is like our gothian opportunist in this format is like three mana three two make a food token all right and then you curve into this and then you play a two drop yeah 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 and then you untap and you're like six or seven mana okay kind of gross and then it's also an overrun at some point all right, you're selling me. I'm I'm coming around. I'm great. <laughs> Next up, we've got three bowls of porridge, two mana for an artifact food. You pay two tap, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Three bowls of porridge deals two damage to target creature. Tap target creature. Sacrifice three bowls of porridge. You gain three life. I'm out. I think this card's garbage. I don't want any of these three effects for this much mana. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I don't know. There's so this much. Seems like, this seems like a terrible Scalding Cauldron, and Scalding Cauldron was not great. Yeah, you're oh, right. Wait, 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 wait. I take it back. This card's great. I you read this wrong. You get to do all three you things. You get to do all three. I read this wrong. But they, okay. all, but they are expensive. That's So you're paying eight mana, obviously in installments, for three pretty small effects yeah i I think you're i I think i want to go back to your initial (laughs) my initial impression i think it's garbage Uh, yeah i still think garbage but it's got my curiosity peaked okay all right right. next we've got edge wall in easiest great ever i think maybe yes right like again why is this on the list because it doesn't have a home anywhere else i guess it could have gone in the fixing section fixing yeah it should have gone in the fixing section okay That's okay. But this card is great. We'll read it to you instead of just gushing about it. This is no, a no, land. No, no, no. You have to know what this is already. <laughs> land enters the battlefield tapped. When ETBs, you choose a color. Tap to add one mana of the chosen color, and you can pay three tap, sacrifice it, return target card that has an adventure from your graveyard to your hand. The question I have for you, is this going to be one of the best uncommons in the set? Uh, like, I would game think- in hand win rate, 17 lands. Is this going to be top five, top 10? You're not allowed to ask that question, actually. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say no, just because usually colorless cards don't get that high because too many people play with them and lower the win rate, right? They're just like people take them and like, you know, you just, Oh, I didn't end up with any adventures. Like, okay, well, what the heck is wrong? I don't know. Like maybe this ends up top 10. It's hard for me to imagine if like the set is powerful not taking this out of most pack like if unless my rare is busted i'm just taking this right it's free real estate and like we haven't had lands in a long time that are auto picks like because the reason to pick lands is you get to play more of your draft picks right we Mm -hmm. haven't had a land this powerful and limited in a while right i mean this is what's it called from neon dynasty was the first part of this where it just like came into the battlefield tapped picked a color got to tap for that color like that's just good yeah 
And then, oof, then it's just a, not even just a spell, it's a, a double spell. It's an adventure. So good. All right, next up is Eerie Interference. This is two and a white for an instant. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and creatures you control by creatures until end of turn. I love this card. <laughs> does that make me terrible? That does, in fact, make you <laughs> terrible. Uh, this is this is garbage, right? This is safe passage. Isn't this just safe passage? Yeah, but I love safe passage too. <laughs> but but there, so hold on. There was a there was a I, I wish if I had done any homework and not just dealt with a crying baby all day, I could have made this comparison. There was a, a more recent card that overperformed, I think. Or maybe it woefully underperformed. I'm trying to figure out like when, because for there was a while where safe passage, which was like two and a white, your stuff has protection from your opponent's stuff until end of turn or whatever. There's a while where that was really good. And then it was just terrible. I like this card. <laughs> I just am imagining the dream scenario, you know, where your opponent attacks out and then you block everything and you blow them out. Like, but that just doesn't happen that often. I know it doesn't happen, which is why this is probably garbage, but I am attracted to this type of card. I can't help myself. Okay. I can't stop you. I, I am going to say garbage though, I think, but I want it to be great. Have My some head, guts. I, I said... I'm contractually obligated to give Night of Sweets Revenge a great. I, you, it sounds like you might be contractually obligated here. Uh, my head says garbage. Okay. My heart says great. <laughs> Next, we've got Break the Spell. White for an instant. Destroy target enchantment. If a permanent you controlled or a token was destroyed this way, draw a card. I say, I say garbage. Really? I don't know, man. So low impact. So it's just a low cost. But for a low effect. Like, so the most common way you're getting what you want here is destroy a, a roll token, draw a card, right? Yeah. That's the most common way you're going to replace this with a card. Yes, I think that's reasonable. But then there's also that whole cycle of 63 busted enchantments that like, this is main deck answers for at low cost, right? Okay, 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 okay. That's fair. Yeah, maybe this is just like, okay, the floor is people the are going to have roll is, tokens. Yes, that's, that's my okay. take on it. And so I think as a result, I mean, it's not like great, but it's not garbage. Like, I think this is much more playable than it looks because of the, the enchantment slot. So I think that means it lands on the side of great. And but with the caveat of like, you basically just want one. Yeah, like prob probably you're in a spot where like your white decks want one, but not more than one. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Next, we've got ice out. This is one blue blue for an instant counter target spell. And it's got bargain costs one less to cast if it's bargained. Break ice in case of emergency. Saramon's Cer trickery and uh, didn't say please have just got you all hot and bothered for cancels. I'm I'm not I don't hate this card. I don't think it's great. I think, I think this, this is, I'm giving this it a garbage. Is, this is garbage. I'm giving it a garbage, but I think it's playable. Because the thing like I don't think the thing about cancel in limited is that it's three mana versus blue blue. Like one blue blue versus blue blue, I don't think is the thing. I think it's like I just need a little bit of I just need that one one amass. I, I just hear you. I just need that mill three. I just need a little something something. I hear you. Uh next up is into the Fey Court. Is it back, Ben? I hope so. I am hot and bothered by this card. Three wow. blue sorcery, draw three cards, make a one one blue fairy creature token with flying, and this creature can block only creatures with flying. Sound sounds like we're on uh two sides of the Fey Court. As you, think this is, you think this is garbage? I oh. think this is garbage. This is so close to Muldrifter. So close. <laughs> it's so close. But again, like Muldrifter and Lorien Revealed, what makes those cards really good is 
that you could do something with them before five mana. Yeah, I hear that. I, I still am going to go great on this card. This okay. card seems powerful. I wish the flying fairy could block yeah. like large ground creatures. Then I would feel confident in my great evaluation. I think but so. I think as that's... it stands, I this is my heart saying great, but I'm going to go great. I'm contractually obligated. There we go. There it is. Next, we've got Hopeless Nightmare. A lot of scuttle about this in the Lord's Limited Discord as well. Single black for an enchantment. This is a common. When Hopeless Nightmare enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card and loses two life. When Hopeless Nightmare is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, scry two, and you can pay two in a black to sacrifice Hopeless Nightmare. This card I is mean, great. Yeah, like the fact that black at common has two, what I believe to be nearly broken one mana plays in this and the the cap tabby. Ooh. I mean, the, the comparisons of like, this is sort of a, a, a love child of Virus Beetle and uh, Okiba Reckoner Rage, right? Um, it's pretty, pretty apt, right? They discard a thing, they lose two life. But then you've got all that synergy of like, this is a thing you could bargain or like this also when you sacrifice it, this is an enchantment going to the graveyard. Like this just is like check, 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 check. Yeah. Bad top deck late in the game, but like insane early and mid game. So you're probably still happy running two to three of them, I would think. And even when it's a bad top deck late in the game, it's four mana scry two. Yeah. And, and they lose two life. Right. right. Or, or like they lose two life, a synergy piece that you can sacrifice or do something with. Yeah. And it's been a long time since like any card wasn't important and what i mean by that is like even having your opponent discard a land on turn seven like might be not nothing is all i'm saying like if we think like certainly coming off of ltr we we wanted those resources in our hand to then loot away with the ring or whatever and that, that might be the case something like that might be the case here as well all right lastly we've got oh nope not lastly next we've got brave the wild this is green for a sorcery with bargain if the spell was bargained target land you control becomes a three three elemental creature with haste that's still a land and you can search your library for basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, and then shuffle. I mean, it's great. No. This is garbage. You think this is great? It's not. It can't be garbage. It's like you're always, like in any green deck, you're always playing the first copy of Brave the Wilds. So it just replaces a land. And this sort of mitigates the, oops, you top deck this, because then you can just play, all right, well, I make, get to make a land a 3-3. And you even get to sort of like, you know, it's not like you're down a land because you find, you know, th this is this is great if it has to be one of the two, which it does based on the rules of the game. Mm. I'm sorry, bud. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You can't give single green search up a basic land garbage. Yeah, all the other text is throwing me off. All right, <laughs> I'm sold. Okay, bring us home here. Lastly, we've got Harried Spearguard. This is red for a 1-1 with haste. And whenever it dies, make a 1-1 black rat creature token with this creature can't lock uh you can call me tony the tiger because this card is <laughs> great yeah this is really pushing the envelope on like how bad can they make it and you're still pretty jazzed to About play it this two, is pushing the line tangles. yeah this is pushing the line i mean it's yeah. on death too i I think this is closer to garbage than it is to great. I'm going garbage here. Really? Why Why is that? Now, you're not excited about this in, in a red-black sack deck as just two bodies? Yeah, but like the front is so underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, it probably ch turn one, it probably chips in for a couple points of damage. And then later on, you just like chump with it or chump sack or I don't know, like. 
Like, it's this not is a, a bargain enabler primarily is what this is going to be, right? Well, only the t- only with the token because you can't. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, this card's just a little at odds with itself too. The flavor text is also talking about bricks. I think this card is just kind of a brick. Okay, well, I can't, I can't top that. I'm, I'm gonna still say great, but uh, I agree with you that this feels like it's push. It's like how close can we get to bad, right? <laughs> and still, still get you excited about this if card. It was. Yeah. Here's a weird question. If it was like rat, if it was a rat on the front, if it was just black haste, one, one can't block dies into a rat token. I would like it much more significantly more because rats matter because it fits better with the black cards that I've seen. Like uh-huh. this just seems kind of at odds with itself. As Interesting. Because yeah. you're going to want to be heavy black because of those black one drops. Like you're going to want your black decks to be able to double spell with black pretty early on, I think. This might be able to do some cute stuff with, I'm now forgetting the mechanic, but the thing that cares about the two permanents entering the battlefield. Like if you can play this, or if you have something come in that has you sack this, and then you get the rat, then you're getting the two permanents. Yeah, I I agree. There's things there, but all of it seems not quite good enough to me. I'm sorry. No, uh, that's fair. I'm going to say great, but I I, I like all the things you're pointing out. All right. Any parting thoughts before we go here? Uh, Rats off to you. Rats off to you. Great place to wrap us up. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thanks so much to CoolStuffInc.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over there for any and all purchases, and we know you are, you got a closet you need to fill up with uh, boxes of boosters to draft down the road, please use code LOL all caps when you check out to let them know we sent you there and more importantly to get 5% off anything you purchase you can find all of our content over at our website that's lordsoflimited.com that's all of our episodes you're going to want to check out our tier list the Ben Werney patented tier list that's going to be up all of your criticisms of what cards he has gotten correct or incorrect can be directed to him via our website we of course have a a way for you to contact us there Um, you can check out our merch you can check out our Patreon page as well as well as our streams and our YouTube channel where we will have and arena cube primer for you at the end of this week if you've got any feedback about the show or any questions shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for another episode of lords of limited thanks everybody see you later Next, we've got Callus Sellsword. This is one and a black for a 2 2. When it ETBs, it. No. Next, we've got Callus Sellsword. This is one and a black for a 2 2. When it enters the battlefield with a plus. No. It t- God, with. What is wrong with my brain? It enters the battlefield. Yeah. yeah. I know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Next, we've got Callus Sellsword. This is one and a black for a 2 2. And when it enters the battlefield. No. There's oh. no win. God dang it. Ay, ay, ay. Brain short circuiting. We've got a clip, folks. We've got an outro. No. You, well, I guess, yeah, I guess all the clothiers are staying in the episode. That's just good <laughs> hashtag content. When you visit Arizona... 
Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.